Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 if you have your bibles will you open them with me to james chapter 4 we're going to continue our trek through the scriptures here in the book of james a lot of great wisdom nuggets that are found herein it was a warm spring afternoon, May 15th to be exact, 1894. So how many of you can remember what it was like in 1894? Uh, not too many of you, maybe some history teachers or something. They were in the ballpark, held 5,200 people. The Boston Bean Eaters, that tells you how long ago this was, we're facing the Baltimore Orioles, and the place was packed. It had just been remodeled. This was a brand new ballpark made mostly out of wood. And so there was a lot of excitement in the air. And these two rivals were facing one another. And there was a contested play at third base. Boston's John McGraw slides in a little bit too hard and takes out a man by the name of Tommy Foghorn. That was his nickname, Tommy the Foghorn, all right? He takes him out, hard play at third, dust billowing up. On his way up, Tommy Foghorn kicks John McGraw, and a bench-clearing brawl ensues. All the, both teams out on the field. Now, in 1894, things were maybe a little different than they are today, right? And so there wasn't security. There wasn't a whole bunch of stuff going on. A riot literally ensues over this baseball game. The fans start fighting, the fans start arguing, they're throwing things at one another. They're, they're, in, in the midst of the melee, in the midst of what was happening, people bloodied and, and, and bruised and tattered. Someone dropped a cigarette and it caught fire underneath the bleachers that had just been constructed. Tons of bags of pe peanut bags down there, catches fire and the entire stadium burns down. Brand new stadium over a fight at third base. Now, in the midst of this, this blaze was so terrible, the owners of the stadium hadn't paid the fee to turn on the fire hydrant yet, so there was no hope, and the blaze actually spread, destroyed 200 other buildings, 1,900 people were left homeless, and there was the equivalent today of $9 million worth of damage just in the ballpark alone because of a play at third base. Because someone was offended, someone took offense to how that play went down. The entire stadium burned to the ground. I fear for some of you. Because 
I think as I describe that, some of you might even be able to identify with that kind of a conflict, with that kind of melee, and you think, that sounds a lot like my life. You come home at the end of the day, and maybe there used to be spirited arguments and spirited discussions, and your voices used to flare, and at this point, you don't even speak to one another anymore. The children have heard you say things to one another that they never should have heard you say. That imprint is scarred on their memories that that's what mom and dad think of one another. These conflicts that happen in your home, and quite literally what is happening in your home today is your house, your stadium is being burned to the ground because someone was offended, because someone took something to heart. James is going to give us another nugget of wisdom today, and he's going to open up this epistle. We're going to open up this epistle, and we're going to begin by being able to understand, maybe for the first time, the source of conflict in our lives. If you're taking notes, I'm not sure how much we have up here. How many of you understand that when people go on vacation, some things fall through the cracks? So we have like a team in Greece and Italy, and we kind of had a skeleton crew around here. So Kenny and the team and, and, and Terry up there, you did a good job. If you have your notes, take it out. We're going to try to get them all. I'm going to try to tell you when to write something down just, just in case it doesn't come together. But your first point here I want you to write down is the source of conflict. If you have your Bibles, open them up. You should already have them opened up. James chapter 4. Why is my life like this? Why is there so much arguing? Why is there no peace? Why is there constant conflict? Why am I constantly arguing? Why, why are these words constantly being thrown around? Why can I not find any rest in my own home? What is it that is happening in my family? James is going to tell you the source of these conflicts, where all these conflicts are coming from. And I, I worry for some people because I really believe some people aren't happy unless they're miserable. Some of you cannot understand a life of peace. You cannot let just, just peace reign in your home. You have to find something to pick. You have to find something to tear apart. There has to be some sort of disagreement or conflict in order for you to feel settled in your home. Let me tell you something this morning. God wants more for you than that. Let me tell you something else. Your marriage and your family does not have to be like your parents' marriage, and your, your family growing up. You can change things if you apply the truth and the principles of God's word. That's what we're going to have the opportunity to do today. Why is my life so chaotic? Why do I have issues at work and at home and with family? Why is there always conflict surrounding me? James is going to tell us exactly why. And again, in context, James is speaking to the church in Jerusalem. And he's telling the church in Jerusalem, there are conflicts in the midst of the church. People are arguing and people are fighting and people can't agree even in the midst of the body of Christ. But what I want us to do is I want us to read this through the lens of, of what's happening in your home. What's happening where you lay your head? What, what is happening in, in that scene and in that setting? Because if conflict is surrounding you, you can put an end to that today. You can say enough is enough. I'm not going to give the enemy, I'm not going to give Satan any more room to destroy my home. I'm going to hear what God's word says and I'm going to do my best to walk out of here just like James instructs us. Don't just be hearers of the word, but what? Be doers of the word. Put it into practice. Apply this. Apply this word. 
Pick it up in James chapter 4, verse 1. We'll read the first three verses together. He asks the question, again rhetorically, what causes quarrels and fights among you? He's not really asking. He's going to tell us. He understands. He knows what's happening. Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have. You murder, you covet, you cannot obtain. So you fight and you quarrel and you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passion. So to begin with, James says, here's the deal. The reason why there are quarrels and the reasons, reason why there are fights among you is because of your own passions. Conflict is the result of man's passions. The word quarrel literally means a military action that involves weaponry. That's the word that James uses to describe what was happening in that church. And I fear that some of you might use that word for your own home situation today. And we might not pull out knives and guns and tanks, right? But we, we use our words and we use our, our body language and we give the cold shoulder and we withhold love and affection and attention, why we use that as a weapon to destroy the person we should love the most. Quarrels is a, a, a warfare that is happening with weaponry, but then that word fights literally means a hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's like wrestling. It's like you're at one another's throats. You're literally trying to choke out one another. Why is it like this in your home? Why is it like, why, why do we fight? Why are we trying to choke each other out? It comes from, James says, your own passions. And the root word for that word passions in the Greek is where we get our word hedonism from, the, the pursuit of pleasure. And literally here, it's talking about any pleasure, not just a sensual pleasure. That, that word will come up later. But any passion or pleasure that you are pursuing in life that is taking the place of God. You know what? Those passions can actually look like something that is admirable to the world. You're pursuing career. You're pursuing maybe wealth. You're trying to pursue a new uh, home. You, you want to refinance your mortgage. You're trying to save up for the next vacation. You're trying to save up for a boat. You're trying to save up for a motorhome. And you're pursuing these things. These passions are ruling your heart. And it's distracted you from the Lord. What's the cause of conflict in your life? It's these passions that are within you. you. You can see that this has happened in our culture and you know, for years, Bible preachers have gotten behind pulpits and they've said, if you look at our media today, you'll be able to see what's important to our culture. How many of you understand that? Okay, so you know, for a long time, the, the object lesson is watch TV and you'll see what our culture or what's important to our culture. There, there are, are things that are detestable on television today that none of us have any business watching. We all need parental controls on the television. Is that not right? There are show, there's a show called Love Island that is on. I'm not even sure which channel, but I was reading about it that the whole purpose of this television show is to try to break couples up. That's the whole purpose of it. Now, this is what our media has. This is what the television is, is showing us. But today, it's even worse than that because you can see what's important to our culture by reading the textbooks that we're putting in the hands of our children. 
If you don't know what your children are studying at school, you need to go home and Google it because it, there are things that they are studying in sex education that I, can't, I, I don't even feel comfortable sharing with you from the pulpit. This is what our culture is pursuing, pursuing pleasure. Be careful. Jude warns of this. Listen to what he says. He says this, in the last time, there will be scoffers. That word means mockers. People who will mock one another, tease one another, point at one another, and make fun of one another. There'll be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. They have no spirit within them. This is how Paul described this when he wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, but understand this, that in the last days there will become difficult times. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, with pride, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Does that not describe our culture today? You just watch what's happening in the news and you see this all over the place. That we can't even go to Walmart and shop without fear of getting shot. It's talked about being disobedient to parents. I saw in the news where there was a, a man who sued his parents because they kicked him out of the home. He was in his 40s. And he was upset that they didn't give him his Legos when he left. What? You're 40. Right? This is ridiculous. These are the days that we live in that, that be careful. Conflict is going to happen because you don't have in check your passions. You're, you're pursuing passions in life. You're enslaved to your passions. Romans chapter 6 verse 12 says this, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. There are some of you that are stuck on a leash you're stuck on a leash to your lust. You're stuck on a leash to your temptations. You're stuck on a leash to your addictions. You're stuck on a leash to your anger. You're stuck on a leash to trying to chase the next paycheck or the next raise or the next promotion and so on and so forth. You're like, uh, you're like a yo-yo being strung along by your passions. You're letting sin reign in your body and you're obeying the lusts of your desires, your passions. It shouldn't be this way. If that's what your life revolves around, if that's what you're placing your hope and your desires in, you will be disappointed, and that day is coming soon. 1 John chapter 2, the apostle John wrote this. He said, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And look at this. And the world is passing away along with its desires. Go ahead, chase the new car. You know what's going to happen to it? It's passing away. It's going to be destroyed one day. One day that car's going to be sitting in your driveway and it's not even going to work. Go ahead, pursue the career. You know, your children and your wife and your, and your kids are suffering while you do that. Ladies, the same can be for you. You might be pursuing career today. Your children and your husband are suffering because of it. What good is that career if, you're, if your stadium, if your home gets burned to the ground? Are you going to really be pleased because you have that extra zero at the end of your paycheck or at the end of your bank account? 
Go ahead and pursue it. See what happens in your home. See what happens when you obey those lusts, when you follow after those desires and those passions, when you're led along on that leash. It's only going to pass away. It's going to lead to disappointment. The scripture says this in Hebrews chapter 11, that that there are fleeting pleasures of sin. You might feel like you enjoy it for a season. It's there just for a moment, but then it's gone. And when it's gone, you're left with the rubble that it caused, the heartache that it caused, the destruction that it caused. Young people up there, listen to me. The world is going to tell you to pursue those passions and pursue those lusts. It only leads to destruction. You have to start building your stadiums, your homes, your sanctuaries now. And it depends on what you're pursuing in life. If you're pursuing your passions, it's going to lead to conflict. You're not going to have peace in your home. It's not possible. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Galatians chapter 5. He says, those of you who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Your flesh should be on that cross with Jesus. It should have been crucified with Jesus on that cross. I am dead to sin. I am dead to this world. This world no longer has control over me. I no longer desire the things of this world. The Apostle Peter wrote it this way in his epistle, speaking to his listeners, and he said this, that the world will think it's strange when you don't run with them into the sin like you used to. Does the world look at you differently now? Can the world see a marked change in you? Nope. I, I, don't, I don't know that all of us can say that there is, right? You're still involved in the same sin. You're still involved in the same lust. You're still involved with the same anger. You're still involved with the same passions. You're still pursuing the same things. And the world says, you're no different than us. We're all going into judgment together. Peter said, no, the days that you live your life in the flesh have come to an end. It's over. The world should be puzzled when they watch you live a holy life and wonder, why aren't they involved in this? And what's different about their life than mine? Why are they experiencing peace and all I have is conflict? James says that the source of our conflict, these, these quarrels and these fights, is our passions, and he describes it as thus, that are at war within us. There is a war that is being waged right now, and you might not hear the choppers, and you might not feel the rumble of the tanks, and you might not hear the explosions happening around you, but there is a war that is being waged right now within your spirit. And there's a war between the spirit and the flesh, and the flesh and the spirit. And the old man wants you to obey its passions and its lust. The old man wants you to follow down that path of destruction. But the spirit is yearning after and seeking after the things of the Lord. Which one will you obey this morning? Which one will you follow? Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as surgeoners, as pilgrims and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, flesh which wage war against your soul. Those passions that are calling your name, those things that have captivated your attention and hold your heart are pulling you away from the Lord and it is destroying your soul. Listen to this, Galatians chapter five, verse 17, the apostle Paul says this, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. There's a war inside of you. 
The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 described it. He says, the things I want to do, I can't do. The things that I hate, those are the things that I end up doing. It's like there's this, this, these two people at war within me. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this, this condition? How can I ever find healing? Thanks be to God, he says, only through Jesus can I be delivered from these passions. If you're being ruled by your passions this morning, what does that mean? It means that your perspective on life is continually a selfish perspective. You only think about how you feel in any particular situation. A word is spoken, and this is how I've been wronged. An action is taken, and this is how it's hurt my heart. You're pursuing your passions and you're only concerned about, we can see this. You know how we can see this? Any of you guys go shopping on Black Friday? Any people out here crazy enough to go shopping on Black Friday? Right? Who needs Black Friday anymore? We have Amazon, right? Who needs it? But if you watch people, no one's thinking about their neighbor. No one's thinking about the person next to them. They're fighting over a television that they can save 20 bucks on, and it doesn't matter who they have to step over in order to get to it. That's being ruled by your passions, and maybe that's an extreme, but some of us are operating in our day-to-day -day lives that way. There's a war that is happening inside of you, and you're being pulled by that leash, the leash of the flesh, led into passions, and it's causing grief in your life. And Again, there is a battle that is being waged right now and you don't see what's happening in the spiritual realm, but it is happening. And if there was a battle being waged right outside our doors and if there literally were choppers and tanks, you would not go out there without equipping yourselves with the proper armor and the proper weaponry. But day in and day out, so many of you are oblivious or ignore the spiritual realm, the spiritual battle that is happening around you and you're being destroyed spiritually because you're not arming yourself properly. Do you follow? Passions are the first thing. The second reason why there's conflict in your life is because of man's desires. And again, James is clear here. He says, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not, do not ask. So there's this, this battle that is happening, this battle that is being raged in part due to passions, in part due to desires. And this is the sensual part of desires, the seeking after sensual pleasure. Paul wrote to his young pastor that he was mentoring. And he said this to him in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Run from those passions and those desires. Run away from those things. Listen to me. If you knew the heartache and the destruction that those passions would cause before it happened, you would not pursue them. I guarantee you, anyone who becomes addicted to meth have you seen those faces of meth pictures on uh, the before and afters? If they knew what would happen to them, they never would have taken that first step. You never would have responded to that Facebook message if you knew what would have happened in your marriage. You never would have allowed your children to watch that television show if you knew the heartache that it would have caused in your home. 
You never would have entertained that lustful thought if you knew how destructive it would have become in your own marriage bed. Listen to me. Flee youthful passions. Flee youthful desires. Run from them with all that you have. It is not worth it. If it how many of you guys have ever overeaten? Yeah? Now, we don't have a buffet here anymore, I guess. I guess there's a Korean barbecue. I haven't been there yet, but Golden Corral shut down, so you can't, you can't go there anymore. But if you've ever overeaten, eaten way too much, you immediately, as soon as you're finished eating, you regret it, right? That's what it's like following after your passions. I feel sick. I feel disgusted. I, I, feel, I feel horrible that I ever allowed that to happen to me, that I ever followed that, that, that passion to its ultimate end. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977